Y'all are listening to the Maverick of Marketing Radio Show. And now, here's your host, Shannon Maverick. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Maverick of Marketing Radio. This is your host, Shannon Maverick, as always. Y'all, so glad to be back on the air with you. I say it every week, but every week I truly mean it as I get to just connect with some of the most incredible marketers. But we have a jam-packed show today, y'all. So we're talking about one of the most interesting and pressing topics that I personally think is coming forth in the B2B marketplace, and that's just simply digital strategy innovation for industrial products or industrial companies. I mean, we traditionally think of B2B marketing as for lack of better terms, a little boring. As we've seen, it's kind of behind in the digital side of things compared to the B2C marketplace. But my guest today is more than qualified to talk about just that topic, creating a more digitally innovative strategy for industrial products that his company sells. My guest is none other than Mr. Carlos Haddad. Now get ready, y'all. He is very qualified. He is not only the VP and the GM of sales, marketing, and business development for a phenomenal company called Watts Water Technologies. He also oversees the American and the European market, and he's the GM for the Dormont business unit of Watts Water. So he'll be talking with us all about some incredible new digital strategies that he has put into place for Watts Water, and just talking about why we see such a lag in kind of getting with the times for the B2B marketplace with industrial products. But before we speak with Carlos, as always, some really fun things going on in the world of B2B. So we have some really great retail brands that have really kind of risen to the challenge that we've seen with um, the closures and physical stores, brick and mortar locations due to COVID in the last several months. And the first one in a Forbes article that I was very excited to read was one of my favorite personal retail stores, um, Target. So Target's expanding their curbside grocery business and um, to meet customer needs. I've seen a lot of other companies launching these curbside to go pickup systems and they really put that into place as they have seen their sales increase by 141% for the digital side of their business in just the first quarter of 2020, 141%. That's pretty, that's pretty astronomical. Um, the second brand to really step up to the plate, which I think is actually interesting, is Lowe's. So they saw a tremendous online growth for both deliveries and, again, their curbside pickup um, part of their business. Their stocks are at an all-time high. And actually, before COVID went into place, they underwent a major website transformation, which they think really attributed to their able, um, their quick ability to launch curbside pickup in only three days whenever the pandemic set into place. They wanted to increase their annual online sales from a measly 3%. And I definitely think they have done that through this time. Also, side note, I think that we're seeing a lot more like um, Home Depot and Lowe's kind of home improvement stores really kick up in business because everyone's home more. (laughs) I don't know. Put your comments below whenever this is posted and let me know if you've done any cool home renovation projects. And the third brand in that article that was mentioned is actually an interesting one. It's Wendy's. (laughs) So, Wendy's did a complete redesign of their website and their mobile application to create a more robust ordering system. They also wanted to meet um, supply chain issues in produce that they were 
available um, to sell to their customers. So by having a more robust kind of interface for um, their online applications, it allowed them to communicate with customers more efficiently. So really interesting. Um, also an article that I had fun reading from CNBC was talking about the topic that we covered in last week's episode, um, conventions. So it was interesting. Um, Mark Tester, he's the executive director of Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida, the second largest uh, convention center in America, right behind the McCormick Center or McCormick Place in Chicago, is actually prepping for their first event since the shutdown. Um, They're hosting, oddly enough, a 10,000-person high school volleyball tournament um, and are expected to host more than 12 more events in July and August. So he's saying that they're excited to get things back up and running with obviously putting um, precautions into place, like encouraging social distancing, more um, hand sanitizing stations uh, across the trade show floor. And I think we're seeing states like Florida and Texas being a little bit more aggressive in their opening and uh, getting conventions launched back up here in Texas at the Gaylord Texan, a great convention center right outside Dallas. The Sunbelt Builders Show is scheduled as normal. Um, attendance is trending similar to last year's at 2,300 attendees. Um, it was interesting. I was reading a little bit more about the McCormick Place. They were saying that um, they host some of the biggest events, obviously, in the country as they are the biggest convention center. And they actually recently got news from the International Manufacturers Technology Show, which typically hosts around 130,000 people. Yes, you heard that correctly. Scheduled for September, it's going to be canceled. Um, The estimated economic impact, which McCormick calculates using kind of a dollar figure per attendee, is nearly, get this, $27 million. So the convention center world, especially with its economic impact on the economy, is, is pretty significant. But companies are using convention spaces a little bit differently. Um, The MGM Grand in Las Vegas is hosting boxing matches two times a week with no spectators attending. Um, The MGM said that it allows their uh, competitors for um, the boxing competitions to almost be in a bubble. So they have to get tested for their temperature before they come in. They're hosted there eating their meals, recording the, the sessions this, that, and the other. So really innovative ways to use that space. And finally, a really interesting topic that I actually was having a conversation with my sister about are some 5G conspiracy theories. Yes, you heard me correctly. (laughs) CNN reported over the weekend that conspiracy theories were causing such an overwhelming ruckus on social media that federal entities such as the U.S. Federal Management Agency and the U.K. government had to step in on their own social media channels saying... um, Things such as 5G technology does not cause coronavirus, as that has been one of the biggest trending debates. And the UK government, get this, says it's a crackpot conspiracy. Very British of them. (laughs) A little bit about 5G technology, in case you didn't know. It's a set of technical specifications which uses a sec- section, excuse me, of radio frequency spectrum wireless devices to communicate with cellular networks. So it works the same as um, pre-existing networks such as 3G and 4G, except that it just spans to a wider range of radio frequencies. So it helps with bandwidth, helps with speed, all those good things. 
Um, experts point out that the low to mid bandwidth frequencies are the same as existing networks. So the fact that people are freaking out about 5G penetrating deeper into the body is just a little bit, it's a little bit silly. Um, Kenneth Foster, who's a professor in bioengineering university, excuse me, a professor of bioengineering at the University of Pennsylvania said there's actually nothing different in terms of exposure from pre-existing network speeds to 5G. And Chris Collins, the professor of research and the director in radiology department at NYU, says, and I quote, it's a little ironic that there's all this worry about 5G because the difference is that 5G is going to operate at higher frequencies, which will actually not penetrate as deep into the body. It really doesn't get past the skin. So for anyone that might have had concerns about the 5G towers going up in your in your neighborhoods, in your cities, do your research. Don't freak out. No, 5G did not cause coronavirus. <laughs> I couldn't get away without talking about a little bit of conspiracy. So that's your B2B news um, this morning, y'all. I am so excited. After this quick commercial break, we will come back with Mr. Carlos Haddad, again, the VP and GM of sales, marketing, and business development for phenomenal B2B company, Watts Water Technologies. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Today, 80% of companies are using online learning to grow their business. And MarketScale's online learning solutions are simplifying how you can launch yours. From building an enterprise learning management system, to course design by our professional instructional design team, to full video production and graphic design, your online university will be best in class. MarketScale's blockchain-powered digital credential program makes it easy to add certifications for your courses creating powerful brand awareness and authentication for your organization. Education is the highest form of marketing, and MarketScale is making it easier than ever to create and deploy training for your customers, partners, and employees. For more information on online learning solutions, visit MarketScale.com. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much. We are back. You're listening to the Maverick of Marketing Radio. I am your host, Shannon Maverick. Very excited to bring to you the conversation about digital strategy innovation, specifically around industrial products and the industrial marketplace. And I have a more than qualified um, guest to speak to that topic, Mr. Carlos Haddad. Carlos, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you, Shannon. Glad to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Carlos, if you wouldn't mind, could you please just give a quick introduction to who Watts Water Technologies is? Sure. So Watts is a very traditional global manufacturer of water filtration systems and plumbing systems. Uh, founded in actually 1874, 145, almost 146 years old, that actually grew over the last several years through mergers and acquisitions, really establishing itself as a house of brands. And today mm -hmm. has revenues of about $1.5 billion, 5,000 employees. And we're corporate offices right here up in north of Boston, but main offices also in, 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 the, in the Middle East, in Asia Pacific, and in Europe. Wow. So, and you not only oversee the American side of the business, but also the European and international side as well. Is that correct? Correct. From a marketing standpoint, we're responsible for the Americas, also the European market. Yes. Wow. 
So you are so busy and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to speak with us today. And that kind of segues us into the conversation, right? This idea of digital strategy, kind of digital innovation for more of an old school industrial product market. Um, Watts has recently released some really innovative and out of the box marketing materials. That's how I reached out to you and how this conversation got started. Um, What inspired you to take a more unconventional approach to some of your recent communication tactics? Yeah, so uh, our company, like many others in the industry, do not have a directly B2C business. Right? We rely on distribution. We rely on channel partners to get our products through. So that relationship with the end user, you know, in the past has not been made, you know, as easy or is even enabled. This digital transformation allowed us to actually start to have a conversation with the end users and have our messages reach them faster and more efficiently instead of actually relying on that, you know, you know, an, an, let's say intermediate partner. So, you know, you know, our brains can only assimilate so much, right? We're bombarded every day. Our brains can assimilate about 120 bits per second, which is more or less as much as two people, you know, speaking at the same time, you know, but if you look around, there's over 500 hours of, you know, YouTube video created every minute. Right, there's over 500 million Facebook stories every day. So we get bombarded and we make choices like anybody make choices every day. What do we listen to and how do we engage and, 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 and how do you stand out? So, you know, there are several things that you got to think about when you want to stand out, you know, in this, you know, in this environment, right? You got to be unconventional. You got to be personal, right? You got to understand what drives and motivates people right now. And you got to be relevant. There are some times that you can send a message, and sometimes you may say, "Look, I may not be, you know, may not be as relevant to send that message today." And you got to be timely, you know. And 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 above all, you got to innovate and be very creative. And that's how we connected. And I'm, you know, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yeah. You mentioned a couple key words there, personal and innovative, whenever you're communicating with customers. And one of the main things that I originally saw was your post about donating and giving back to the Restaurant Relief Fund as you work with the Dormont brand. I mean, there's nothing more personal than actually putting money on the board for your customers. And I thought that was really cool. One of the other things, uh, one of the other videos that I got sucked into, we talked about this um, kind of in the planning of this episode, was your In the Trenches series, kind of a Jeopardy style series that features some of your sales members and leaders giving away like key facts and kind of a game show style um, show. How have you, how's the uh, reception been to those types of materials? Imagine it's more fun than a white paper. Tremendous. So you mentioned two things, right? The video... Really, we want it to be there now as the restaurants reopen and support that process. And we thought the message uh, would resonate and it did. So we had so many great feedback and a lot of free advertising, a lot of multiplication of those efforts happened because people got our messages and distributed through their networks. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting comment about on the trench, you know, in the trenches, you know, series is that that was actually not an initiative created by the marketing team, but we supported it. And it actually came and was initiated by the sales team as they see and they have the freedom to innovate and create. They came back and said, we'd like to do that in the trenches series, Jeopardy style. And it worked great. We had, I know, several hundred people attend every week in the last few weeks. And, and it really, once you start watching, it hooks you up. So it was a really great idea. And they had the creativity and the space and the freedom to, to innovate. 
and, and, and that made all the difference in the world. There's a lot of employee engagement with social media is underrated, right? So there's a lot of opportunities to actually have your employees engaged, not only corporations sending messages, but also having your employees, you know, transmit the message and also amplify the message even further. Holy smokes, I didn't realize that was a sales enabled um, initiative. That's amazing. That is a totally separate topic that we could plan another episode around. And that's sales engagement with marketing or really the, the culmination of those two organizations coming together. So hold that thought and we'll definitely have to do another episode around that topic. Um, but you mentioned that there were some innovations that have had to happen just because of the world we're living in. What were some of the strategies that were used maybe in the past that have since been replaced by current types of marketing? Yeah, so, so you know, one could argue, you know, this technology, you know, is the main driver of that innovation, right? And technology is one driver, right? So, you know, I'll give you a perfect example outside of, you know, what's outside of our world, right? Uber would not exist today if a series of things would not have happened, right? You needed to have a phone, a mobile phone. You had to be able to transmit data and treat the network and be able to have maps and drive those cars. If you remember some years ago, drive cars driving around all the streets and mapping out every single road. So then now finally we can have an Uber solution where actually can, you know, you can use your mobile phone to have a, you know, a personal driver pick you up, right? So technology alone, you know, helps. And in our case, for example, I make the same analogy with QR codes. QR codes existed for a long time, but only when then cell phones allowed you to take a picture of a QR code, point your camera at you and connect right away into a website. And out of that, watch a video of how to install a product that made that, you know, all the difference and, and allowed us to embrace the technology, you know, a lot faster. But, but there are other things actually that are making us move faster and faster into that transformation, right? The other thing is, you know, we have to justify that return on that investment. And, and think about a great show, for example, a, a trade show where, you know, you go in and you invest hundreds of thousands of dollars on a booth. And you end up at the end of the week with, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 leads that came into your booth. And, and we really yeah. start thinking about how do we invest our money from a digital versus from physical uh, you know, activities. And, and the, you know, that the pandemic just accelerate our thought. And the third thing is, you know, sustainability. And we talk about printing catalogs, printing price lists, mailing stuff to customers. And you think about from a sustainability impact, right? that negatively affects the environment. So we're moving as much as we can, everything to digital, and both even from a print advertising, moving more and more to digital advertising, right? And, 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 and it relates to everything we do. It's common sense, right? How many pieces of mail do you receive every day and you open your mailbox and they go straight from mail to trash? And I have a lot. <laughs> yes. And in the end we say, look, you know, let's try to avoid that waste and it will help us all. You're so right. I I never thought about, I mean, that's a good point. I, I never thought about the idea of print affecting kind of the global environment and really its sustainability impact. I always just assume print, just like you said, I, I get something in the mail, I look at it, if it's from someone I don't recognize, then nine times out of 10, it goes in the trash. But that's an interesting point on the sustainability part. And I've had this conversation with someone before, but it's kind of the chicken and the egg scenario, right? Is it new technology and kind of new ways of marketing is influencing the way that buyers purchase? Or is it kind of the psychological 
just environmental factors that affect us as people uh, affecting the way that marketers and advertisers have to advertise to us. Is it that technology has kind of made this evolve or is it environmental factors that have encouraged new buying patterns, do you think? Look, I, I think it's a combination. Like, I mean, look, Steve Jobs said one of the years ago, right? Technology alone right, is not enough. Right? So, so you got to embrace both, right? You got to leverage every technology that's available out there. But, but there are many other factors, you know, besides technology that on a day-to-day basis can help us, you know, transition that, you know, that behavior even faster. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Um, so you mentioned a little bit earlier that COVID kind of um, expedited your thought process on physical events and kind of their ROI. But do you think that the use of digital platforms, we're seeing so many companies evolve and kind of just embrace technology more quickly than I personally think would have happened. But in your opinion, do you think the adoption of new technology would have been as welcomed into the environment or excuse me, into the marketplace had COVID not happened? I wouldn't say as welcome. It was happening, but it's now happening at a much faster pace. So take, for example, you know, smart and connected products that don't necessarily require you to be physically at a location to adjust the setting or to diagnose diagnose if that product has a failure, mm-hmm. that acceleration is happening to a much greater pace. But I'll give you a separate example, right? You know, one of the biggest barriers that we saw with technology adoption before this COVID-19 was, you know, you have an aging population, an aging workforce, right, who was very reluctant and we've had that situation also internally several times, reluctant in using a mobile app and using their smartphones, right? And now they had to embrace and they went directly straight to not using any of the tools to suddenly being in front of the camera on a Zoom meeting, right? Yeah. And, and that forced them to say, unless you adapt, you know, you're going to stay out completely of the workforce, you know, right away. So we've seen that adoption, you know, happen as well. So. In, in our case, uh, you know, they had no other choice. And, you know, we see that, you know, cont- continues, you know, with COVID-19, con- you know, much faster pace of adoption. We talk about smart and connected. We talk about hygienic products. Anything that relates to hygiene, anything that relates to quality, for example, of water, anything that relates to safety becomes more important. And th- again, this just accelerates the pace of you know engagement with this any any new technologies now companies have to adapt and learn from it right so i assume most you know intelligent companies right now when we are doing that you know is looking at the entire product portfolio today and the entire new product development pipeline and thinking okay which projects should we stop and which products projects should we accelerate given the changes in the COVID-19. And we we have done the same. We've spent a tremendous amount of time in the last several weeks looking at our entire projects and stopping and slowing down many projects to be able to fund other projects that we believe has a much better value proposition to the company in the age of COVID-19 and beyond. Yeah, it's impacted not just the way that marketers market, but like you said, product development, sales enablement. I mean, everything has been impacted by COVID, which I think has been a good thing. I think it's kind of forced on comfortable change. But like you said, it's innovation that has been expedited that might have not um, previously or pre-COVID have been seen as 
that important. So interesting perspectives there. And I'm sure someone who has been in the industrial marketplace as long as you have and who has been kind of just the face of marketing for such a renowned company as Watts has had a lot of influence in your career. Um, this is the part of the show where I love to hear anyone in your career that has made an impact on who you are as a marketer. Um, you could give them a shout out uh, as a fellow maverick of marketing. Look, there are so many, I think, you know, as you know, and you live this every day. But I'll, I'll, I'll mention a couple. And look, I'll start with, you know, the, the none other than, you know, Kotler, right? I mean, everybody talk about marketing, talk about Philip Kotler. And I still remember my early days. You know, I'm an engineer. I'm not a marketeer, you know, from a professional standpoint. But I still remember in the late 90s when I had CDs of Kotler and I would play those CDs on my little boombox right? <laughs> you know to basically hear you know what you know what were the latest and you know and greatest in terms of marketing but I also believe that all entrepreneurs are, were also great marketeers and, and it's a fine line but if you look to all entrepreneurs and you know there's you know another good example you know in the past from the past with Sam Walton right think about you know yeah. some some would look at Walmart as an you know at Sam Walton as an entrepreneur I also look as a, a great marketeer right when you think about I want to have a store close to every neighborhood in every corner and I want to have the best everyday low prices and that is for me you know you know again a great marketing thinking and agile and changing now if you talk about recently you know there was one guy that I follow called Gary Vaynerchuk uh, I yes. know if you if you've ever you know came across him, but I really enjoy listening to Gary for many reasons. One, he's pragmatic. He tells you how it, how he sees it, and he's not afraid. He's relentless. You know, he's very creative and he's very passionate. You know, he gives a hundred percent every single day. This guy is not you know nonstop. So you know, I'm, I you know I follow Gary quite closely. I listen to some of his live events and. Uh, I think he's a lot of room also to grow as a, one of our greatest marketeers of all time and maybe a maverick for, you know, if hasn't been on your list before. That's the first time someone's mentioned Gary Vanderchuk, And thank you so much because just like you, he, I mean, you summed him up perfectly. He just doesn't care. He says it how it is. He's very blunt. He looks at things very matter-of-factly. And I've been waiting for someone to give a shout out to him because he's just so incredible. So... Yeah, glad to see we're on the same page there with the types of marketers that we enjoy. <laughs> Some great shout outs there. And as we kind of come to the back half of 2020, Q3 is coming up here in July. What can we expect to see from Watts? Anything you want to share that um, people should be on the lookout for? Look, I'll, I'll share the things I can share. Right? We're a public, <laughs> you know, publicly traded company. Right. But I can say that we will continue with number one, the speed of execution that we've had from a sales and marketing standpoint. And most importantly, we'll continue with experimentation. I think, you know, and that's one of the, you know, the hallmarks I would say in the last couple of years, we try and experiment many, many things in terms of how we message and communicate to our customers. And, and in the end, we found several, you know, uh, you know winning uh, propositions and ideas like the you know a couple of the ones you mentioned before, right? so you know we will continue to accelerate that those smart and connected products, right? People don't want to physically be in a location; they want to be able to remotely access their products. Mm -hmm. We will continue to lead you know the industry in terms of our content and messaging, especially from a digital standpoint. You know we haven't spoken about it here much, but 
we've launched a, a very successful online learning and you know and training platform and and we continue to invest in videos you know instructional videos we call you know we call it you know you know different levels right you know a video that you know, when you need just to get to one minute information about a product then you have a video that you know that when you buy a product what is the things you need to know what are the things you need to know to install the product and there's a video about repair replacing or any type of maintenance that you need to do so there are three levels that we always look at every single product so we want to continue to drive that content and we need to continue to be creative and talk about solutions, not only products. That's one of the big mistakes that you know people make in advertising, right? They go in and say, this is my product, these are the seven features of my product. And you have to turn this around and talk about what is the one thing that that product can do for you. And that will make all the difference. You can talk about 15 things, you know, for most people, you know, none of them matter. What it matters is what does it what does it do to you, and how does that impact your business? For a B two B company, how does it impact your bottom line? How does it make you more efficient? How does it make your company more productive? How does it make your company make more money? And we will continue to drive that message in a way that we've never you know we've not done you know in 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 several years and 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 uh, you know so so the future is bright and I think coming out of this COVID, companies that react faster and are more creative. And, and continue to innovate will lead, you know, in the long term. I, it's rare that I get to speak with a marketer that I agree so wholeheartedly with. And just everything you said just hits the nail on the head. <laughs> um, I think you kind of summed up the traditional way that people think about B2B marketing, and that's very product oriented. Um, I don't know why it is that people assume when you walk into the office working for an industrial company, you put on this B2B hat and you get to sit at your desk and you want to read white papers. No, it's people buy, whether it be for their company, whether it be in their personal life, based on information and just creativity. And so I think Watts definitely has a very bright future ahead of them with a marketer as innovative and as transformative as you are at the helm. So Carlos, I can't thank you enough for being here with us today and sharing your experiences and thoughts on just digital innovation. Uh, I'm excited to follow Watts Water as um, we just kind of find some sense of normalcy again in the world and can't thank you enough for speaking with us today. Thank you so much, Shannon. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right, everyone, that was our show for today. Talk about an amazing marketer. Again, it is rare that I get to connect with someone that just everything he says, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So exciting. Um, so please, we'll put some links down below to a few of the initiatives that we talked about from Watts Water. Seriously, y'all, you have to check out the In the Trenches series. It is amazing and you'll learn some cool new facts about water technology <laughs> um and also chime in i want to know what do you think about 5g conspiracies do you believe in them are they real is it just crackpot conspiracy like the uk government quoted <laughs> um and as always please stay safe stay healthy let's all try and get back to some sense of normal or new normal in a more digitally innovative time for b2b all right, everyone, that does it. Your host here, Shannon Maverick of Maverick of Marketing Radio. As always, remember, Mavericks, we just don't run with the herd. 